internet. It's the 8th of March 2022 and this is the Game Engine Start podcast. My name is Ewan. My name is Callum. And welcome to our Elden Ring focused episode. Callum, what was your favourite part of Elden Ring so far in the, uh, the many hours I, that you spent on it? I like that that woman back at the castle that hugs you and then takes away your health. That's, yeah, that's it's, a, that, it's a really good bit of really good bit of design. Really, really that's, gets the empathy that is the heart of I'm, Elden Souls. I am I am going to stab you if you keep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we have. I not- have listened to my entire Final Fantasy fourteen guild stopped playing other video games and exclusively <laughs> talked about Elden Ring, and I had to stop looking at our Discord server for like a week. It yep. was. Ah, I'm sick of it already. I don't want. I keep getting people telling me that it's the best game ever, and yep. I don't think they're right. But uh-huh. it's, yeah, it has got to the point. And like, if I wasn't, as I'll talk about deep within another like sixty hour game right now, then it may be one of those things. Is like I should see this. Um, nah, you'd fuck. You'd fucking I, you're hate right. that game. You're right. Not, you're yeah. probably right. But there's enough stuff. The one no, casting... pr- no, probably about it. Like I know you. Like yeah. you yeah. will. You will not like that game. Like yeah. at all. Is yes. You're probably right. I mean, so yeah. In case you hadn't realized, like neither of us have played Elden Ring, and neither of us are probably going to. So you're, this is nah. an Elden Ring free podcast. Oh, I've I've watched a lot of Elden Ring. Like I, I yeah. again. Souls games are eternally fascinating, and I like watching oh, yeah, people yeah. play them and yep. like talk about them and stuff. I will not play that game. Yep, Sekiro doesn't count in my mind because that's different design philosophy. Yeah, that feels I like think, a different. Yes, yeah. the more yeah. you've talked about playing that game, the more it seems like a different thing. But uh, yeah, this feels like an extent. The one casting I've seen of it that might that has slightly changed my opinion on it is that I saw. A couple of people now are saying it's the funniest game they've ever played, where rather than treating it as it wants to be treated, like this super serious, like fantasy, like hardcore, mm. whatever, like if you just treat it as like a fucking naked gun ga- uh, game where like you're just launching yourself off cliffs and like you'll just turn a corner and some giant thing with a hammer will just stomp you and you actually like don't care about your soul, runes, blood, echoes, whatever the fuck they're called in this game. Runes. Yeah. Um, then it's actually like it's much more acceptable because I watched uh, I can't remember I was watching a stream of, of somebody playing it and it was just like it just seemed like a nightmare it just seemed like a game perpetually designed to just over and over kick you in the bollocks and there was a set the section I remember seeing was like they were running up towards some castle and there's like a blister at the top of the castle like ramp mm. and mm. it's just like there's no escaping like you just get fucking decked by these ballista bolts constantly and i'm like what are you supposed to do here like what is the solution to this problem uh yeah it's 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 a hell of a thing um so instead of playing elden ring i've spent 27 hours in horizon now um so this is horizon uh, forbidden way i don't know why i forgot the name of the game because they say it every seven minutes in the game um horizon forbidden west i'm playing the ps5 version uh and like i said I'm like 26 27 hours of it when, as when i finished last night um it is a game where i wish i had professional critic experience because i feel like God, there's a lot what? to write about here but like because because we don't really know what we're talking about it's like i don't know game good like it's <laughs> but it, it does feel like there's a lot of design stuff in there that is actually kind of interesting and like 
I think the court. So okay, so I've talked about this before on this podcast, but like Far Cry Four, Four is that the one? With, no, Three is the one with pagan men. Four is the one with yeah. What's no, Four? No, 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 no. No, Four is no. pagan men. Three is Vass, right? Four is pagan men. Three is right. Vass. Yeah. So, five is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Cult. Yeah. Um, Joseph Seed. Joseph Seed. Right. Fuck that game. Um, Far Cry Four was a really important game for me because it was the point where. I realized I was done with that kind of game where like I play, I, I really enjoyed Far Cry 3. I got Far Cry 4 on launch day. I played the first hour and a half of that game and went, I just don't want to do this and gave it to my friend. I was like, just take this. I don't, I have no need for this at all. And it really burned me on like that Ubisoft style of game for a long time where it's like, here's some towers and here's a big open world and here's a bunch of stuff on a map and all that kind of design like really fucking burned me on it to the point where it's like, okay, maybe I'm just not here anymore. And then about this time last year, well, a little bit earlier, kind of over the Christmas period last year, I played um, Immortals, Phoenix, no, Phoenix, Immortals, Phoenix Rising. Rising? Yes, that's the one. I was like, okay, there's a way you can do these games that is good, right? And I really enjoyed that game, despite it being, like, kind of one of those games and kind of not being... I... Yeah, not not being, like, a... Not being particularly challenging or in, like, both mentally or physically or any of that kind of stuff. It's just, like, it's a very kind of... It's a game that wants you to see all the bits and there's a checklist of yeah. stuff and you can work your way through the checklist and it's good, and it that's, was like, yeah, that's that's like Ubisoft open world game yeah, design. Yeah, totally. Um, Look at all these points on a map. And yeah, that's the... and Horizon feels a lot like Immortals, to, or serving the same purpose that Immortals did for me back in the day. Where, and I raised this, and uh, I retweeted uh, Matthew Galt, who's a writer for Motherboard, his review of Horizon, where he describes it as like in a in a, in a nice way as a smooth brained game. Um, which is like it's very it's passive's the wrong word because it's it's better than passive, but it is a it's a game where it's like it wants you to see all the bits. It is making the passage as frictionless through those bits as possible, and there's a lot of stuff to do there and occupy yourself. But it's not particularly like challenging or revolutionary or any of that kind of stuff. It's a it's it serves a purpose, and those kind of games are fine as opposed to being actively offensive and they can serve a purpose and it's okay. Um, and that's kind of how Horizon has been for me. So it is like, it's like the most direct sequel I think I've ever seen where it picks up like a week after the end of the first game or something like that, or like maybe a month, I can't remember. But it like directly follows on from from the previous game. Um to the point where I had to go back and look and like, oh, wait, what the fuck happened in that first game again? Oh, okay, right, yeah, it's it's that figure out what the story was again and exactly what the big revelations at the end were and all this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot more Horizon in both like the good ways and bad ways. Like, if you had told me that this was like a remaster of the first game, like visually, well, no, visually that's different, but like it feels a lot like that first game in terms of like like the weapon wheel is the same like the combat feels very similar the designs look very similar like it's it's like it's another iteration of that thing and it hits a lot of the same points that those type of games do where it's like okay here's your entire tool belt of things you can do right you've got climbing you've got combat you've got uh crafting you've got 
sneaky sneaky you've got all that stuff right and then we're going to design a type of mission that takes one of those slices and does it so they're like here's the climbing missions and here's the like um environmental puzzle stuff and then here's the combat encounter one and here's the sneaky sneaky one and all this like they've taken Mm. every slice of that pie and made it its own thing as well as it being all pulled together and like the main story so like and i and i really like a lot of like the environmental stuff in the same way i did with immortals immortals was really good at that where it was like here's like a a a a, a environment puzzle right and it's all like block pulling and like yeah putting areas on like it's it's the the breath of the wild thing where it's like how do you interact with the environment totally this thing yes and i I think it's one of the things that people have that a lot of people have taken a lot people have taken really well from breath of the wild which is like those isolated dungeons are like here's just a puzzle that seems isolated from everything else like you can Mm. just put that in the world and it works right so like the 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 old world ruins in this game are basically those puzzles right it's like there's a thing you need to get to and you need to figure out how to manipulate the environment to get there using the tools that you have um and yeah it's it's just it's really it's good to just like sweep through that map and see all this stuff and 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 see all the stuff that they've put together and it's just yeah yeah it's it's but it's a lot of like very isolated bits of of stuff um that you can kind of take at your own pace there's narratively it's kind of like i I can't remember who it was i described this but like if you're to again to tie into what we said at the start if you were to create a like a, a, a video game scale that is like how much how smooth a passage through a game is like this is as far away from elden ring as you can possibly get right it is like it sometimes helps you too much in how to do stuff right like it's um right okay sure eloy eloy is constantly talking like do you remember when we when that that first game we've first had a gameplay trailer of that first game and it was like when she was hunting down the Thunderjaw in that first trailer and it was like, oh, she's talking to herself a lot about like, oh, you yeah. can stealth through yeah, this yeah, section yeah. and like, you can peel this bit of armor off and all this kind of stuff. And it was like, okay, if this is a primarily a solitary game, it makes sense that she would do that and it makes sense as a game that you would do that. Like, it feels like they looked at that and went, she doesn't talk enough and people might get lost for more than seven seconds. And she just constantly like, preempts you having to do any puzzle solving well not puzzle solving like specifically with navigation stuff she will preempt you so many times and like hey it looks like i can jump to that cliff from here i'm like if i get to the end of this platform and i hit the focus button i can quite clearly see i can jump to that thing but before you had a chance to do that she said it and it's like well cool okay i don't even need to think about that anymore like it it feels like uh, guardians was really good at this most of the time where you'd go into a new area and it would let you explore for a bit but if the game worked out they're like hey you're just completely fucking lost like a character would go oh this wall looks weird and then that would let you do that like it lets you do the thing if you find it but like you're not gonna get stuck because eventually somebody will help you this is just like she will just tell you like constantly um which is a bit weird but is also like it's also really good at going you'll come up to stuff and she'll be like oh, I don't have a way of getting up there. It doesn't look like I can climb. doesn't look like I can get there yet. And like, she'll say that, she'll say that out loud. The map will go, this is a blocked passage. You can't do this with what you have yet. Um, oh, it looks like the game mechanics won't let me get any Exactly. Farther. Like literally, yes. Yeah. Like, and she'll keep, it's like, 
it's a weird thing where like if you play a lot of video games you can quite really see this like so there's a thing early on fire, that's called fire gleam which is like a kind of red plant that grows on some walls and you keep seeing it and you keep seeing it all over the place and Aloy keeps going like huh that's a weird red plant guess I'll come back later and it's like okay like <laughs> I assume I'm going to do something with this plant I'm probably going to blow it up because it's red and then like yeah. five hours later you get addition for your spear that's like oh yeah you can set those red plants in fire now and you're like cool the, which is weird but also at that point it then turns a bunch of those blocked passages that were on your thing into fire gleam icons you're like here's the stuff you can do it with which i actually appreciate as opposed to going oh shit where did i find those 20 bits of fire gleam that i've forgotten about yeah up till yeah, this yeah, point yeah. so some of that stuff is 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 a bit much but i appreciate that they're like they're making it easy for you to go back and see that stuff and uh and like actually see all of the things the game is doing like it just gives you it all it's like here's everything i've got like do what you like take what you want from it um the story is weird like the story is there's like two distinct types of story in this game right there's like the mainline story which actually like was the reason i had to go back and look at the previous game because like they when they reveal, well, not reveal, when they start to say, like, okay, here's who the antagonists are in this one, here's why they're here, here's why they do the things that, and obviously avoiding spoilers, but, like, yeah, here's here's their setup, and here's why they're here, and here's why they're an antagonist, right? It's super cool, actually, what they've done in taking some of the stuff from that first game, and have gone, but you didn't see this shit coming, and you're like, you're right, I didn't, what the fuck is this? And it's pretty good, and like they're actually doing That's some good, interesting yeah. stuff with that main story. But basically everything else is like the most rote, like, open world story stuff ever. And it's like, mm. I don't, I like narrative in games to the point where I don't like skipping dialogue and I have skipped through so much shit in this game because it's very obvious very quickly, like, okay, you, your, your son got lost out of a trail and you need to go find your son. Cool. I don't need the other 20 lines of dialogue you've got in there about how worried you are. Like, it's, it's kind of the downside of like the design that they've got where like all of this is open, all of this is visible. I don't need you being super worried about your son because all i'm going to do is skip through it go to the icon where it is and do the thing i need to do and like it even gets its own way with some of that stuff where even some of the sides the side mission stuff that would be interesting they feel like they have to video game it too much so like okay, yeah so, so super super minor spoiler for like a side mission somewhere but it kind of explains what i'm, what I'm getting at you go to this you go to this settlement and they get there's a guy you overhear a guy arguing with like obviously like a, a tribe um leader and he's like hey you need to go back and figure out what the fuck happened to my wife like we never found her body she's still out there and the guy says like we sent we sent a scouting party out we found her like we found her backpack but we didn't find her body her body must have flowed downstream and the guy's like no i don't believe you i don't believe you and you get into that thing and as you would expect he goes hey can you just go look again i don't believe that she would just that like i don't believe that she would just like disappear like that you're like okay Mm. yeah sure and you go to that area and you climb up this big cliff and you like follow a trail and like use your focus and you follow a trail up to this thing and you're on a cliff and you end up on this cliff and it's like okay she was definitely here because that's some of her tools and you like look around the area and it's like okay she was working here on this stuff and then you go to this this side of this cliff and it's like oh there was like a scuffle here or like something happened here and you're like oh shit did she just like launch herself off the cliff for some reason like what happened 
And then you come back, it's like, oh, no, actually, though, there's now two sets of footprints. And, like, it goes through this bit into some brush and you follow, there's, like, broken things and you're, like... And there's a bit of, like, kind of Batman detective vision stuff going on about, like, what actually yeah, happened to Yeah, it's her little, that little triangle yeah. on the side of her head. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you're going through and then you, come, you you get through this clearing that, like, if you were actually the, the scouting party looking to find what happened, you probably wouldn't have seen it. But, like, there's a brush that you can actually go through and there's broken things. And then you find her body. And then you find another woman next to her. And then you study her body and it's like, oh, she's been strangled. Like, she was murdered. She was not, like, caught by a machine. Like, she was murdered. And in my head, I'm going, oh, cool. This is, like, an interesting, like, they're doing some, like, unexpected storytelling here. It's like, why would this happen? Like, what is this all about? Mm. And it's like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then two monsters jump out. Two machines jump out the the bushes. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, I, like, that is not needed. Like, this story is interesting enough where it would have been good to then... Go. I don't need the, mo- the the machines at this part, right? Like I just I I it it feels like it's it feels like there was like a, an algorithm somewhere that went. It's been X amount of minutes since you fought a machine. We need to put a machine here, or people are sure. going to get bored. Yeah. I'm like, no, we need, this- we need some combat yeah. to keep people yeah. exactly. And then you do the combat, and you go back to the thing. That's like, hey, she was murdered. You're like, oh, who? You figure out who murdered her, and then you go and you see, and it's like, oh, it's because she was talking about like uprooting their home and moving and it was supposedly dangerous and somebody thought the only way to deal with it was like that little bit of story is kind of interesting and is one of the the, the more interesting bits of that thing but it's the fact that they keep putting video game shit into it you're just like oh like it kind of ruins it slightly um and and also like the some of the setting stuff is weird like there's understandably been some discussion about like the the character design and stuff like that about how it reflects like a lot of like like native tribes that we have in the world and like why is it that why is that the design and not like something different and that's like i'm not qualified to have that discussion like there are lots of those discussions online that people should go look at but there was a moment for me where like it really hit about how (laughs) how weird some of the stuff is so this is a very minor spoiler again you come across this relatively normally but so there's a there's a section of the game where you go to you go to like the 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 home base of one of the tribes, and one of the tribes is talking about um one of the tribes is talking like they they keep using this this epithet of like um epithet is that the right word I can't remember they keep using this phrase of like may the ten look after you right and you're like yeah. okay so that's cool we're setting up some storytelling here like who are the ten why do they worship them or why do they think they're looking after them and all this kind of stuff and their home base is like in a like a ruined it kind of looks like it was maybe like like because obviously like the old world is like basically our like slightly future our time right so you're yeah. like yeah. uh so you, so you go into this ruin and it's like oh this 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 looks like i don't know but this is a weird looking building that doesn't quite look like the other buildings and you go around and they've got these like holographic uh platform not platform like um pedestals around the place and you interact with the first one and it's kind of like busted and like you don't get all of the audio, you get some of it and the picture's kind of hazy and all this kind of stuff. But they talk about the 10, right, in these holograms. So they've built their whole society or like religious part of their society around these holographic pillars that are stuff from the old world about the 10. And it's the 10 mm. talking about how they're they're strong and resourceful and how they protect people and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, and then, which which is a cool setup, right? And you're like, okay, what is sure, actually yeah, yeah. happening here? 
And then it brings in the stuff that like that is basically in that game from the jump, which I'm kind of I don't know how to feel about. Like it's kind of weird where Aloy has basically so so for people who never played the first game, Aloy has like this thing called the Focus, which is like a little like um like earpiece attachment that basically is like a database of all a bunch of old world stuff like our world stuff so you can pick up an item use our focus and be like oh this is made from this kind of stuff and like a bunch of stuff that other people information that other people don't have access to right so from the jump she very quickly goes like oh this thing that you're worshipping is just like it's like a it's like a computer and it's a machine and like she's very dismissive of like all of the the theosophical uh, uh What's the word I'm looking for? The um the religious or like worship parts of a lot of the culture around here. Like, right? She just sure, yeah. she dismisses a lot of it and is like, all of this can be explained by like actual real world stuff, because I have this information you don't. To the point where like I'm kind of surprised that like games and media have done that kind of stuff before, where you have like your person who is like, oh, all religion is bullshit, and then they have the realization at some point, which is like, well, it serves a purpose to some people and it might not technically be correct in the grand scheme of things, but it does help people in various situations. Like there's some kind of comeuppance for her, for their behavior in that way. There's just none of that in the first 26 hours. Like she will just storm through that game and go, all of your beliefs are just bullshit and nobody calls her out on it. There's no negative connotation on it. She's just like, well, I know what's going on because I'm smarter than you or because I have access to this extra information. And it's like, and nothing's nothing negative has happened to her. It's just, it feels weird. And I don't know why. Like it just, it, it, especially in a world where like a lot of them are clamoring for that. A lot of the residents are clamoring for that kind of like greater purpose or like greater meaning or like yeah, some sure. kind of like something to make sense of what is a, a completely apocalyptic situation and like i'm not saying like woo pro-religion or anything like that i'm just saying like it's weird that nobody's called her out on it yet this far yeah you think a, yeah. such like a deep-rooted thing exactly would get challenged when something exactly. came like that yeah. right especially when it's so core to a lot of these people's beliefs so you go so you get into this place and they keep, they keep talking about 10 and very quickly you get into this place and you start reading some of the the like um the audio, lo- not audio, like the logs and stuff about the that she can read because her old world can translate the glyphs that she doesn't understand. Um, and you very quickly realize that this real this place was a museum slash like kind of like public facing PR bit for a military company, and that the ten were like their thing for like possibly synthetic super soldiers. That ah, were that were okay. theoretically going to fight in this war, but may have problems, and like they're disguising them. Like maybe they're synthetic, maybe they're not. Who really knows? Does it matter? They're doing the job, right? And that's what they've built their whole thing on. But you like see past all of this, like immediately, like the first or second, like log you read, like just specifically talks about this, and you're like, okay, this is, and they just don't. She just it just doesn't impact anywhere, and it's like. It's the part about the the kind of character design and costuming stuff that really that starts you start to really see the point of this, right? If these are the people that they are worshiping, looking to for for greater purpose, blah 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 blah. Why is the design of these people not closer to like twenty twenty six fashion, right? Like, why do they look like the tribes that we are familiar with in this world at this time when those yeah, people sure. would not have had that knowledge stored instead the people would have had 
all the knowledge stored of like here's what fucking e-boys look like and it's like why is it not based oh god, on that that's a horrible idea right can you imagine if the entire future was like it's all cat girls and you're like oh god we oh. we saved the wrong parts of twitter oh shit yeah um but like i can see i can start to see that argument much more clearly when you see that kind of stuff about about some of those some of those designs it's just it's a weird setup when you see that put right next to like yo these people and there's a bit at the end of those that series of missions where like you fix the computer that lives under their ruin and all of the holograms kick back into life and you start to see the full holograms right and you see the the stuff they're doing and like there's a section in there which is obviously like the pre-recorded pr speech about their stuff and it's just people standing in like uh, military fatigues and you're like Mm. why are we not why would these people specifically not look more like machine built military fatigue like why are they why do they not all have like flat uh scooped caps and stuff like that like why do they look like this other stuff and it's it's like i start to yeah they should they should should have more like uh echoes of whatever it is that their society exactly like the the information that they've managed to keep from the old world means that they should look i would imagine they would take a lot more of that as opposed to stuff they wouldn't normally have access to i don't know it's weird um and yeah, like I said, like the the fact that like Eloy will just walk into this place and go, everything you believe is a fraud, and walk away again. Yeah. And you're just like, okay. And nobody is like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? It's, or even yeah. somebody who goes like, yeah, we know, but like it really helps people, or like we need something yeah. here, right? And it's like there's another moment again, super early on, where you turn up to that, you turn up to this camp, and it's like they have a they have one of the giant machines, like in their in their thing and they have figured out a way to rewire the machines to help them plant crops like do the original purpose the machines had they'd managed to figure out a way to make them to repatch them in a way that will actually help them plant crops but they have like they only have like two or three of these machines and like quite understandably like a lot of the the people who live there kind of worship them as like benevolent deities right because they're like the sure, land, yeah. they call them land gods right and one of them is quote-unquote dying and you're like and it's been this thing for like months now and this thing is like it's really cutting into their crops and like they're really struggling because this land god is ill and they're looking after it and making offerings and all this kind of stuff and like Eli walks up switches her focus on and goes like oh, okay and like yanks its leg off because apparently that was the thing that was causing the problem and is like mm. cool it's saved and you're like wait <laughs> what like you can't just come in and yank the leg off this god and then say nah guys it's cool and everyone's like Good. she's saved it and it's like it's just that kind of stuff where she's just like she's just barring through this going well i have this information and i'm just gonna make it do the thing um so a lot of the a lot of the kind of side stuff is kind of relatively wrought with some minor exceptions so a lot of the a lot of the enjoyment i'm getting out of it is like the combat and like the environmental puzzles and and a lot of that kind of stuff. Like, the combat still feels really good. Um, yeah. The combat was always the thing that was good in Horizon, because totally. it was very, like, dynamic, and, like, you were moving around a lot. And, totally, yeah. yeah. It was, and it still, it still has a lot of that. But also, like, they've given you a lot more... It, it's part of what I saw in a bunch of those reviews, including the, the Matthew Gott review, I think, which was, like, they've basically turned the more knob up on everything. So, like, the, like, six weapons you had in that original one, they've just like doubled the number of weapons that have very specific uses so like you would have like i think the first game you had like two types of bows you had the thing that would launch the the slingshot that would launch like elemental stuff 
and yeah, the one that would tie creatures down, right? Yeah, and that was kind yeah, of it. Yeah. And you get different versions of that and different stats and all this kind of stuff. But now you've got like, yo, you want to throw explosive spears? Do you want what is basically a bow machine gun? Do you want like, it's a trap launcher, but the the traps go completely vertical to take out flying stuff? And you're just like, oh, okay, this is all really cool, but like, I don't feel like I need any of it. Like, and they're, they're, they do a, they do a not great job of like, um. Which is a thing that feels very video gamey when you see what it's doing, but like when you get a new ability or a piece of equipment or something like that, where they set up a scenario very quickly where you're like, here's how you'd use this thing, right? And they do that for a lot of the early stuff, but it'd be really nice when they give you like, here's the vertical trap thing of like, yo, here's a, here's a, a Sunwing in this particular scenario, like use it just so you know what to do. So like, I've got all these tools now that I just, I don't use because I don't know how to use them really. And also like, with my right, yeah. with my two types of bow and my uh, with my two types of bow and my explosive uh, spears, like I'm good, like I'm doing fine. Like I don't, they haven't created a usage really for any of that other stuff yet. They haven't taught you how to use yeah. your new or even how tool for... or even like how here's how you'd be more efficient if you tried this thing, right? Um, and yeah, it's it's it's. It it really does feel like there's a lot of decisions made that were like, we're going to do this thing without really, without really considering like, so there's the inventory system, right? Like the resource inventory system. If you remember in the first game, you did have, you had a, like you have a lot, in a lot of these games, like you have a resource backpack limit, right? Where like, you'd be able to carry 30 of a particular thing. And if you, you couldn't pick up any, anything more than 30, right? But now they've added a... Uh, now they've added a, a stash, right? So yeah. like anything you pick up mm-hmm. that is more than what you can carry immediately goes to your stash, and you can go to any of like your shelters or many of the bases, and you activate the stash and go fill up all my shit with stuff from my stash and go, and you're like, why even bother with the stash at that point? And also yeah. like, why am I? Why, feel, yeah, why then have an inventory limit if you're just why gonna be, like exactly like automatically I fill from yeah yeah like I understand like there's probably a thing that's like you want to like prepare to set out on a on a on an excursion but you're like and especially when you combine that with like like i said i'm playing on ps5 like load times are like fucking instantaneous basically like, even if you're like fast traveling across the map like it's like nothing like it's really fucking impressive actually when you're doing that and that even that changes how you're playing a game right how you play you play the game right where like rather than being like i'm going to suit up for this particular excursion for this particular mission Instead, what you do is, like, you go out and do the thing, you, like, very quickly warp back to a base, reload everything, and then warp back to where you were and go on. Because you're not paying any, like, time cost because the load times are so fast. So it's like, I understand why the system is here, but or I understand, like, the thought process of why you would want to do some of the system, but, like, it doesn't matter on, like, an entire platform, basically, that you're deploying this game on. Um, and it does kind of change how you approach some of the missions as well, where you're like... I can just warp across this map to do all parts of this mission and it's fine as opposed mm. to like what you used to do in the first game or like games of these type where you did have load times where it'd be like I'm going to take all of these missions and then I'm going to work the map from left to right and just do them all as I hit them that is, be- because I can't that is jump classic, around. classic MMO area design. Exactly. Like zoned questing where exactly. you just do everything in one area. Yeah. Exactly. And there's definitely some quests now that I'm hitting where like the first part of this is on this side of the map, and the other part's on this side of the map. Um which again is like 
would be cool and would be a good way of like, hey, we'll get to that part later because you're not there yet. Or like, we're going to do a bunch of stuff over here and you can do a bunch of these quests over here. And then you can travel. Like, because you're not paying the load time cost, you just, you just fucking warp around this entire map. And it's... Yeah, of course. Like, yeah. It's good that you can do that because it does mean you can like work through your quest log much quicker. But it does feel like a weird like... Hey, we've invented this new system that's completely been negated by this other system, and it's just it's it's a little bit it's a little bit strange. Um, but like it is, it is a super it is a good one of these games. Like it is more Horizon. Yeah. If you liked Horizon, this is more of that, and probably better. And like it feels really weird to say, but like it's a stunning looking game. Like it, re- like especially on PS5. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it is a stunning looking like. There's almost an obscene amount of detail in like every single frame of that thing. Like when and because it's a video game, there's like here's the desert bit and here's the snow bit and here's the like gray, greeny greenery bit and all this kind of stuff. Like it just every bit of it just looks incredible and like lots of little details as well about like <laughs> which again like Eloy talking kind of ruins where you're like when you do the um. Like the kind of thing you would expect from a AAA game at this point is like when you do a big bunch of swimming and get out, like she ca- she gradually dries, right? As you do it. But like every time you come out, she's like, well, that'll wipe the sweat away. And then you run up. I like, I don't, it's better if you just let me see the thing that's happening. And like when you go into the snow bits uh, or when you go into the, like the snowy area and like you're riding your, your mount like down the hill and you get back into like the kind of more plains area, like the snow melts off her armor. Like you can see it happen and it looks right, awesome. Yeah. But she's like, oh, I'm glad I'm out of that. And you're just like, just let me experience, like, just stop talking for, like, a little bit, please. So, like, just let me enjoy bits of this without the constant narration. Like, I don't need it. And actually, it hit really hard last night when, like, I'd done the thing where I'd got to a new area and, like, accepted all the quests in that particular area. Um, and then I went to this bit where a lot of them were. And, like... The one thing that's really good about that stuff is, like, as you're just roaming around the area, she will say, like, oh, this is that area that that person was talking about. I should do that thing. In case you weren't looking at the map and don't have the, the, the quest markers there. She's like, oh, by the way, you're in the area to do this thing. But the problem was I'd gone into this area where there was, like, it was, like, the bit where four quests were, in, were active and, like, needed done. And she just listed them. She was like... Oh, this is the area. Oh, this is the area where Steve asked me to go get this thing. Oh, that's that rune that, that yeah. person was. T- and she just did it one after the other as I moved to this area, and I'm like, there has to be a better way of doing it than this. Like it. That's it yeah. That seems crazy. Weird, and especially when like the ones that are like in where like the mission doesn't have like a defined point. It's like an area you've got to find something or get into a rune or like the kind of more area. But every time you leave and go back into that area, she'll. Admittedly, they've recorded like three or four lines for every one of these things, so she doesn't say exactly the same thing again. But every time you cross, yeah, that but threshold, she's still talking like that's the. Yeah. Every time you cross that threshold and then come back into it, she'll say another one of those lines like, "Oh, hey, that's that rune that." I was like, "I know, just stop." And the other part, the others as well. One of the so you know, like a lot of games now, when you start them for the first time, there's like a like an initial settings thing, which is really useful. To like, hey, I always play with subtitles. I'm going to turn subtitles on before I see any part of this game, or like, I need I need various accessibility features. I'm going to turn this on like before any cutscene is played, like that kind of stuff. One of the things they give you very quickly, uh, very early on, or like in that menu, is like, do you want to play in guided mode or explorer mode, right? And the descriptions of it are weird, right? It defaults to explorer mode, but guided mode is like, hey, we're going to give you a lot more exact direction. 
like sure, in terms yeah. of where points to find stuff, right? And then you have explorer mode, which is like we will let you be like we'll give much more general stuff, but it's kind of more about you exploring and doing the thing. Right. Yeah. I have so I picked explorer mode kind of in the back of my head going if this just gets too insane I'm just going to turn it into guided mode because that's not what I'm here for but like I have no idea what guided mode is like because explorer mode is so specific I was going to like, say yeah here is exactly is it not just bit- is it not just you'll still get all the same stuff but there'll also just be like a waypoint marker on the screen like I know because it gives you a waypoint mar- well it gives you a waypoint marker for your currently active quest like everywhere right, okay, anywhere sure. it will just point like it's right over here or like anywhere you've like waypointed on the map it will just put it on your screen and be like it's over there so like what the fuck is guided mode like how do you make this more specific like i don't it's just it's so weird and like stuff like um i was reading i was reading a review or like a, i don't even know if it's a review just somebody talking about it and was like oh it was a and they were obviously quite early in the, i assume they were quite early in the game but it was like oh it's kind of difficult to know what uh parts of the environment you can climb on right because it's not like a breath of the wild climb everywhere thing like it, you have handholds and like bits are marked in yellow that you can climb on and all this kind of stuff and you look at the first wall and you're like oh yeah that stone is really something like it's not like a specific type of stone it's not marked in a specific way it's like oh yeah how would you know to climb that until you click the right stick which is like your focus ping thing and it's like here's all of the handholds on this wall <laughs> like yeah, yeah yeah drawn in yellow and you're like oh so I am just running around this game, just like constantly clicking the right stick because it like it highlights all of the plants, it highlights all the creatures that are around there, it will highlight every handhold that I might have missed, it will do all of this stuff. So you're just like constantly pinging this focus to the point where like I feel like it should just like auto ping every five seconds or something like that for how useful it is to get all this stuff. Yeah. And again, like yeah, yeah. that's not a thing that like if I was doing like an explorer mode, I'd have like maybe put the ping on cooldown or something. Like, it's, it's like, I don't know what guided mode is going to do. I need to turn it on at some yeah. point and be like, what the fuck does this actually change? Um, but yeah, but yeah I, I know it sounds like that's a lot of negative stuff, but like, I am 26 hours into this thing. Like, I am, I have a compulsion to continue playing it in a way I didn't for like, what good. is ostensibly, no, that's good. To, for what is ostensibly like a better quote unquote game. Like, like, Deathloop Death kind of jarred me a lot in like, why do I not want to go back and finish this game? I know, yeah, it, it, it fucked with my head as well. It's like, I, I really like Deathloop yeah. and I like the ideas it's got and like the world is cool and like, I just never had the compulsion to go back to it. Like, yeah, I don't like, know it, why. It, it feels it just... like a massive amount of effort to get back into that game and like, especially the structure of it where it's like, okay, this run through it, like here's the objective where it's like this particular setup and all this kind of stuff. It's like, it feels like it's a lot of like, preparation and it feels like a lot of like getting ready to do stuff and it can get fucked up super easily and like you have to replay it and all this kind of it just felt like a lot of um yeah it just it, it felt like it was a lot of effort to get into this where this is like i can boot this thing up again like full credit to like the design of the modern consoles and stuff like that where like i can boot the playstation and be in that game in like four seconds and like if yeah. I'm not in the right place, I can be in the place I need to be in another three seconds. And it's like, it gets you exactly where you need to be to go start doing useful stuff. Um, but yeah, it is... It is weird that for the second time around this game has come out immediately after or immediately before another genre-defying game of its type. Where like, last sure, time... Because yeah. this came out like Breath of the Wild last time, I think. 
I think that was the game they were ta- people were talking about. And this time it's like, yo, this is like two weeks before Elden Ring. It's very easy to fall into the gap of like, well, this game doesn't do anything new. It's like, it doesn't have to. Games can just be Yeah, they could just be fun, good, like right? This. Like, they could just be interesting. Or they could just be like, they don't even have to be particularly interesting. They could just be like, very competent things. But, the th- and you do end up start to follow back, especially with games like this, on like, the old measurement of is this game worth it, right? Because, like, I'm 27 hours in. This feels like there's maybe an R20 in there, maybe, depending on how the story goes. And it's like, this game is... Oh, also, this game is 70 British pounds. Not 60 as as Returnal was, which I thought was very much not a good use of your money. 70 British pounds, which is the same for the PS4 version. The PS4 version is not any cheaper it is 70 pounds regardless right and is that like, not like against what they were gonna they said they were gonna do initially or something like that i can't remember. i can't got really mad about this and i can't remember i can't why. remember the exact wording but it was like I, I i remember at the time being like there's a lot of weasel words in here they could change this at any point if they really really wanted also like i i've literally seen no people say anything about that like but if you go by like the very traditional video game view of like there's a lot of game in here, right? So it's, and it's oh like, yeah, sure, yeah, and yeah. it's a very like it takes a lot of people to make a game like this, and it looks incredible. Like the 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 the, the craft is very obvious, mm. but it's still seventy quids, and it's like, is the value the the value proposition becomes much much more personal at that point, right? Like, are you here for forty to fifty to sixty hours of a game like this? Then hey, this is a really good one of those. Like this is. This is Immortals Phoenix Rising, but better, right? It is with better combat. It is one of those things. It's not going to blow the doors off the video game industry. It's not redefining anything. Course, it's yeah. not the greatest narrative yeah. that's ever been there, but it is totally acceptable in a bunch of those ways, and that's totally fine. And I am really, really enjoying it. So I'll be playing a bunch more of that. I will say as well, though, the. Uh, it feels like they, they missed out on like some of the PS5 specific features. Like I was expecting a lot of like controller shit from this game. Where it's like it's just Oh not, the adaptive rumble thing. Yeah. And do it's it. just kinda not or it it's either not there or it's so subtle I'm not noticing it. Where stuff like the like wedging a door or like prying a door open like forces you to pull R2 slightly harder. But apart from that, it's like I I, I don't know what it's doing. And like the bow I don't know. The bow stuff feels good. So maybe that's the rumble doing its job because I don't notice it. I don't know. I don't know. But the blow lo- feels good. Yeah, it's a, a shading review. Put that is. on the fucking box. Game engine start. Yeah. The bow feels good. The bow feels good. That's, One of the yeah. twelve different types of bow in this game. They all pretty much feel good. Um, but yeah, that's Horizon. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying yeah. it. I'll. I am interested to see how that main story revolves because they're kind of doing some. The implications of what they're saying is kind of wild in that world, and yeah, it's it's it could be very cool, but um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, there's some other stuff I want to talk about, but I want to hear about the other big thing for us, which has been. So, I'm gonna layer of the that Witch we King take a break, right? Oh, right. Um, yeah, yes, I'm gonna say. I'm going to suggest that we take a break because I am going to talk about this ad nauseum and it's okay. going to be long. Okay. We we were probably not going to have a lot of time for news or There's anything like that. There's not a lot like to talk about, week. so it's fine. Okay, good. That's <laughs> fine. Uh, cool. 
Okay, so we'll take a break. Um, um, so I think you've got some music yeah. if we're going to take a break. So I have been too busy the past two weeks to think about music and stuff like that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you another track from one of my favourite soundtracks from last year, which is Death's Door. Sure. Um, incredible soundtrack. I gave you one, I think, towards the end of last year, but I will give you another track here. Uh, this is King of the Swamp from the Death's Door soundtrack. Cool. Uh, check the post links you can pick that up and we'll be back with some more after this was king of the swamp from the death's door soundtrack um it's it's cool to listen to that soundtrack because you can see just how weird it gets like mm-hmm. they start using different instruments and stuff it's not all just like pan flutes and like traditional fantasy stuff um yeah. soundtrack it's one that i will really dig good. i will dig into that soundtrack every so often when i don't have any other options it's <laughs> yep. just, it's, it, it's good for variety just pick a different song and hear a different thing yeah um yeah okay let's Let's get into Witch Queen because uh, there's a lot to say about Witch Queen. Um, what is and, the yeah? What is the Warcraft expansion that sounds very similar? That I keep getting this confused to Lich King. Lich King is the, right. Okay, I yeah. can't because I keep well, that, saying no. So well, yeah. So there's Wrath of the Lich King, which is the but that's that's not this. It's Witch Queen. I know. Yes, the, I, I I just keep getting confused for some reason. I don't know yes, why. it's not World of Warcraft. It's not. Yeah, it's this is. Or is it? Yeah. Nudge, nudge. But no, it's no, not. It's not. It's I not. Know. It's not. <laughs> it's better than World of Warcraft is right now. Cool. Um, so yeah, much. Witch Queen, latest big Destiny Two expansion. Um, Delayed is... expansion. Yeah, it was supposed to be. What? Sorry. It was supposed to be February, right? And then they bumped it. Oh yeah, they bumped it to March. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was extra month. Okay. But like, it's they they normally go like start of the year, end of the year. But it's mm, um, that's true. So yeah, this is it's focused primarily on the story of Sabathun, who is the hive god of lies and deception, and she has stolen the light and uses it to make light-powered hive enemies much like guardians and they have ghosts and everything mm. and that's not good so you're no. you're kind of sent to you're sent to stop them um that's the kind of like basis of the story uh the everything else is like the the meat of what witch queen is there's a lot of chat it's definitely i should say that the the witch queen as it stands right now has a very big sort of Taken King vibe for mm. like D1 where it feels big and important and it's going to like change what Destiny is yeah. and like put it on a new course. So the Witch Queen, especially going through the campaign, I'm now confident in saying that Bungie have figured out how to tell a story. Like it's okay. not... They, they've they've shown it in like the previous seasons and stuff where they start like getting into the the idea of like let's write characters and actually say things that are story relevant and mm-hmm. like 
that as opposed to before where they would just make shit up and then write everything in lore books which i felt like they were getting to at the tail end of the last season because i remember we talked on here before about like how some of the like some of the story points in the the last couple of seasons were actually super interesting and they were doing some actual character work and yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So the last the last couple of seasons, they've actually started to show that they know how to write a story that works in world and not write books that you can read. Like that's <laughs> yeah. the yep. They're writing characters and situations and dialogue that actually works. And Witch Queen solidifies that in that the main through line, the main campaign story of Witch Queen is really really good. Mm-hmm. It is. It's it's interesting. There are twists. There are turns. There is surprises. There is story relevance that leads into like big encounters and stuff. They pace it really well. There's a lot of really interesting dialogue and conflict between characters. Like Ikora gets involved quite a lot, and Eris Morn turns up, and they have like a whole thing. And Zavala turns up every time and ruins everybody's fun, like he always does. And like it, it is. It feels like they are now in the driving seat of their own world and their own story to be able to go like we can now communicate this to the players as opposed to just the people who like reading the books right. it's now because it because like like i was saying to you before we started recording i know three people that started playing at witch queen two of which had never played destiny before and they got the story oh like, interesting okay. they explain it enough they give you cutscenes and stuff that gives you like background information about the hive and like stuff like that that will tell you enough of what you need to know to get the story in Witch Queen. Okay, it's, good. Which is great. Like, Destiny has never done that before, and they pull it off super successfully in this one. I mean, it's especially um, relevant when it's when you've seen stuff from, like, previous expansions and previous season teasers and all this kind of stuff, where, like, you would, you would see stuff in, in trailers and things like that, which is, and you would see Destiny players, like, heart, like people who know the lore, going like, oh, fuck, yeah. that's that thing, and the rest of us are sitting there like, I don't know. That's a cool model. Like I, I don't. Yeah. Because they, they, so they, that's that. They, they've never that really given my, me that stuff. Yeah. So that was always my position of being able to look at stuff and be like, "Oh fuck, it's that thing. I know what that thing is." And then everybody would be like, "What the fuck is that? Like, yeah. who's this? Like, what the fuck?" They just started like, yeah, old school. They would just think, like say names and expect you yeah. to know who that was, as opposed to being like, "Let's give you a bit of background on who this person is and, and, and tell it's especially, you what this, like Sabathun and stuff." It's especially interesting because if Sabathun is the main antagonist in this like even as people who were only getting the story from the bits that the game actually gives you and not like diving into wikis and shit like that like you kind of knew yeah. who Savathun was right like they're yeah she's they're a big pulling deal. out yeah, they're yeah. pulling out the big stops for this one for sure um and they are continuing even post campaign they are continuing to support that story and mm-hmm. the the best way that destiny knows how which is hide a bunch of shit and but instead of it being like, we had this thing and then we'll give you a lore book, they're like hiding stuff and then it ends with like a voiced cutscene or like a conversation between people. So it's not like, it's not uninteractive. It's not like, okay, cool, I did this thing. Let me sit here and read for like half an hour. It's a thing that you're participating in. So yeah. you feel more invested in that world and that story that, by doing this and it's a very simple change that they've made but it is massively effective Mm. it is you're still part of the hidden stuff is that there are um a lot of the story deals with like memory and how memory affects action and stuff like that it's a big theme in the game Mm -hmm. there's a thing you can do every week that is like you can present 
Sabathon with items and she will give you history and like plot like other stuff so she'll just like talk to you about stuff um which is fascinating that and you learn all this stuff about like Sabathon and the Hive and Oryx and like all this stuff that would have just been in a book before but it's really well voice acted it's in a cool area there's like a mission associated with it every week so you have to do something to get that information oh that's cool there's a puzzle like you feel like you're doing something to earn the story as opposed to the story just turning up in your inventory it's really really great it's a super good focus Um, do you know if that stuff is going to be it's kind of difficult to know but if they say anything about whether that stuff's going to be permanent like if I rock up in a couple of months time will I still be able to do those missions so Witch Queen will be, because Witch Queen's a big expansion. So that's going to be your Shadow Keep, your Forsaken, or whatever. Mm. Until they vault it, but they're not going to vault it yeah, for a yeah, while. Yeah. So you can still rock up and do Witch Queen, whatever. It's that that should be fine. It's the seasonal stuff that you won't get. Yeah. Um, but from what I've played of this season, not really that okay. heavy on story or anything like that. So you don't okay. really need to worry about it. Okay. Um so yeah story's really really good i keep seeing there are articles being written online by people that say witch queen's like the best shooter storyline in ages and i'm like i get it i understand where you're coming from but i think that's because shooter storylines have sucked for a really long time yeah like it's all it's all like call of duty stuff which is like the most like military paraphernalia bullshit ever and it's like the two shooter things that have campaigns that work are like titanfall 2 and doom yep Yep. and for very different reasons. <laughs> For incredibly different reasons, but they, they have been the successful shooter campaigns of the last, like, ten years or yeah. whatever. So I get I get the comparison that you're drawing, and they're right, it is really cool, and the campaign's really, really fun. Mm-hmm. I just don't... I don't know what that looks like from the perspective of someone that hasn't played Destiny before, you know? Like, yeah, I, yeah. like I said, I know people that are playing it, and they think the campaign's great, and, like, I was literally just talking to someone before we started recording, and they got to the last fight of the campaign, mm-hmm. and they were like... Man, it's really fucking brutally difficult, but it's really fun, and I get the mechanics, and the story was really interesting, and there was a really cool reveal at the end, blah, blah, blah. And they went off on it, and I was like, good, you get it. Like, you understand they got the thing. Like, that yeah. was the... It didn't... And it came out nowhere. It was great. It's, it's fantastic. So, yeah, the campaign is well worth playing, like, on its own, mm. just just to go through the campaign. Um, but that's not everything that's in Witch Queen, obviously. There's, like, a bunch of different stuff, so... Um, the biggest new change to the game is probably the weapon crafting system. Yeah, so, which is, and again, this comes off the back of them making some pretty sweeping changes to the weapon system over the past two, three seasons, right? Where they were like, they're they're not vaulting weapons, but they're like, like weapons. Sunsetting ha- was what sunsetting was the phrase they used, which they then yeah reversed the decision on. I can't, I, I kind of yeah. lost track of what they were doing mm-hmm. with that. So yeah, the sunsetting no longer exists. They tried it for like a few seasons and then they were like, the complaint that everybody had at the beginning where they were like, this this means that like the the guns that I work hard for end up not being usable in like two seasons. Like what Mm. the fuck's the point in that? And they were like, yeah, okay, we get it. We'll stop the sunsetting. Basically, the sun, in my opinion, the sunsetting happened because there were a few very specific problem guns Mm. that if they didn't either sunset so you couldn't power grow it or just take them out the game they would have just kept getting used forever right and that's 
that's not what you want to be doing. You Which is a legitimate problem dynamic. that you need to solve for sure. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could have solved that instead of in- implementing this weird ass system. They could have just went, okay, we'll take the guns out. Like that's not. Yeah. But then people get mad that they worked for it and stuff. But yeah, it's a difficult um, thing. Anyway, so gun crafting is a a system that is designed to uh stop the destiny or limit the destiny grind, which is normally like. Hey, here are the guns that's really good. How do we get these guns? You get them this way. Okay, we're going to sit and grind out these guns until you get a good roll on the gun. Yeah. Like, you get a good roll of, like, traits and magazines and barrels and stuff until you get the the god roll gun. Again, specifically for, crafting, for, for people who are not, like, big in Destiny, like, the process of doing that was running the same mission or raid or... Uh, yeah, whatever it was. Like, you would, you would, like... You would do your raid every week and try and get god rolls and raid weapons. Yeah. You would run like a strike over and over again to get yeah. the strike weapon. Like and it's whatever just, it was, you would and just, it's all just complete it's RNG. Grind. It's grind. It's an MMO. It's grind. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's RNG where it drops, and then it's RNG what perks it has. When exactly. It drops. Yes. So exactly. Is is the MMO grind of destiny? Is the grind is guns exactly. and power? Like once once you hit power cap or whatever, the entire grind is just can I get good guns? That's yes. It. Um, this is a system that's designed to limit that by basically giving you the option of frames and then you can pick the perks that go onto the frame. Mm-hmm. So you can craft the perfect roll of whatever gun it is that you want immediately and then that's it. Mm-hmm. So, and that's it sorted. So that works by... It's, it's really cool. They show you in the story part of the story mission as you get introduced to the forge like table mm-hmm. and the way that they... they they talk about it in story context is like it is a is a set of it's a table with a it, it looks really cool it's like a table with a bunch of like weapon patterns on it and there's mm. a big pendulum that swings in the middle of it through mm. like a, a pillar that has holes cut out and the pendulum swings perfectly in between the pillars it's it's really really cool but the way they explain it is like it is a thing that is like inherently linked or it links to the whoever's using it's like memory and knowledge mm. and uses that to craft the gun through like time and paracausal manipulation so it's not like all of which is shit that, that I, has been set up in this world to be relevant anyway like through the assignment yeah, of stuff course, yeah. and like all of this is like you can, you can say a sentence like that and i'll be like yeah okay sure like yeah yeah so it's not like it's not like banshee who like makes guns by like going i'm gonna put this barrel in and blah. it mm. is like you're making it through memory and time manipulation like it is but it's cool. So you you can pick this frame, and the way that you so that you you can't just make whatever you want initially. Mm. So the way that you the way that you get the frames for guns is with this new system called Deep Sight Resonance, and Deep Sight is sure. the Deep Sight is the ability that you get in the campaign that basically lets you see memory and see like different points in time and stuff like that. So it, it it's used to like uncover secrets, but the way they explain it is like you're channeling the darkness to see the memory of a person through that time, if that makes so sense. You, so they're so basing like, the system on the idea of, like, yo, I remember the sick gun. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's like, so you're... Okay, so you, sure. When, you, when, when guns drop, they have a bit, they have a inherent chance to be deep sight resonant, which means... Oh. After you, oh. After you, kill, after you kill enough things with it, the deep sight re- resonance triggers... And then you can pull the deep sight resonance out of it for crafting materials. But there you are... still need to grind for the resonant version of the gun. Yes. Right. That's, okay. So cool. this is this is where you get into the weird thing of. So there there's that. There is then the specific guns that you can craft 
Mm-hmm. Once you pull Deep Sight Resonant on it, you get the the frame. So that mm-hmm. is your the knowledge of that gun. Yep. Some guns require more than one Deep Sight Resonant completion oh, of that frame. Oh no, we're be being destiny crap. about this again! Oh no! We're getting, we're getting there. It's going to get worse. We're getting oh, there. Oh no! Um, so... Some guns need one, some guns need three, some guns need five. Depends on what it is. Sure. Um, so you, by doing this, you're getting the frames and you're getting the crafting materials. The crafting materials that you pull out when you deep sight resin a gun depends on the traits that are on that gun when it drops. So, like, if it's a damage perk, it has a thing, I think it's called, uh, what is it called? Like a ruinous element or something like that. Right. If it has, like, a reload perk, it's energetic element. There are okay. different elements you, for different you, perk you. types. Yep, so makes sense. you pull the deep site, you get all these things, and you get do the you generic only, currency that you use to... Do you only get yep. them from resonant guns, or do you get them from normal drops as well? You only get you only get it from resonant guns, and then when you level the gun up enough to complete the deep site resonance, you go, I want this material out of it, and you pull the material out of it. Oh, wait, so it's not even just like... Any resonant gun that drops, you get some of that essence depending on what the role of that gun is. It's like you need to cash that in for the. the yeah. So, right. I'll, so I'll, I'll explain this again because I've, I've clearly okay. not explained this well enough. So, okay. gun gun drops that is deep sight resonant and okay. it is, is red in your inventory and you can see it. Okay. To complete the deep sight resonance on that gun, i.e., mm-hmm. You are familiar enough with that gun to where it gets into your memory is the story thing. Yep, yep. When that is completed, you can then cash in the Deep Sight Resonant for crafting materials. And the crafting materials that you get are dependent on the perks on that gun. But you get, so, the, f- but you get the frame automatically once you hit... Would you have yeah. enough of those? If, it, okay. if, it, if, it, if it's a gun you can craft, you get the frame once the Deep Sight Resonant's done for free. Gotcha, and okay, cool. Yep, matter. okay. Um... And you only pick one. So if I have a gun that, say, has a reload perk like Feeding Frenzy and a damage perk like Rampage, when that gun gets Deep Sight Resonance completion, I can pick, do I want the crafting materials for the reload stuff or the damage stuff? Oh, so it's not even off every perk on the gun. You choose a perk. No, it's you pick one. Yeah. Okay, yep. Mm -hmm. So, right, we're not even there yet. I know. You craft this gun. When When you go to craft this gun, this gun comes out uh, and you can't put every perk on it immediately. So when you look at the crafting table, you're like, so I, I say I want to craft Palimbra D, let's say, which is a rocket launcher. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want, I want quick launch. I want impact casing. I want explosive light, and I want, I don't know, int- intense amplifier or something like that. Right. If I craft that thing now, I can't get impact casing or explosive light. And when you look at it, it's like this gun. You need to level this gun up to level sixteen. To get explosive light. Wait, guns have levels now? So what that means... So crafted guns uh-huh. have a level. Oh, Christ. So when you craft okay, a gun, yep. it gets crafted at one. Okay. And the more you use it, it levels up. And as you level that gun up, it unlocks more traits for that gun frame. Right. That you can then go back to the crafting bench and do what's called reshaping, which <laughs> is take a gun you've already crafted and put different perks on it. The new perks when you level up. So when you craft, when you originally craft a frame, do you pick yeah. the perks you want eventually to unlock, or when, does when it? You in, no, 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 no. So you, when you're initially crafting the gun at level one, you can pick the 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 perks that are available at level one. 
for like any perk. It is then any perk that's available at level one, you can pick it in whatever slot it's available in. Okay. But there are other perks in those slots that are locked until you level up that gun enough. If that makes oh, sense. Oh, so is the the level one perks available for a frame? Are they frame? So like a particular frame will have these four possible perks. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Got you. That was a so. Bit if I okay. if I go back if I go back to my like Palimbra D example, if in the first the first slot there is like intense amplifier and then there's like genesis that are available mm. at level one mm-hmm. but then there are four other ones that you can unlock if you right. want to as the gun levels up when you go to reshape it so if i go back with my palimbra when it's level 20 and reshape it there are more perks for me to pick if that okay. makes sense yes okay i okay? think so i think I'm you with me so, so far because so, we've not even hit the we've not even hit the bad bits yet okay just... really okay because because yeah. in my head it was like you can basically like you're picking traits off a menu and assembling actually a gun, but it's not even that. It's like... Well, no, that that is what you're doing, but you can then just go back with that same gun and change those traits if you want. But I, I was thinking, that's like, the... it's like any trait in the game, right? Oh, no, 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 no. It's still frame-specific. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the bit I was missing. Okay, sure. Okay, so it's, the, yeah, it's, still a, it's still a Destiny gun where there is a specific pool of traits for yes. that gun that it will, yeah. It feels, like an, it feels like an extension slightly of the stuff that was in the Osiris season with the the Sundial stuff where you could be like, I want to do this, I want to do this event and I want to unlock this gun. That was the thing, yeah, right? So it is a, so yeah, it is all the, a couple of seasons have done a specific yeah. thing now. They are, they've gotten better over the last like year and a half or something like that to let you target farm, which is be like, I want this thing yes. and it will... It may still drop with random perks or whatever it is, but you're you're able to at least target some of your farming, which is okay. better. This now, they're like, you craft whatever you want, but you need to go through these things of like deep sight resonance, getting the frame, mm-hmm. leveling the gun up, blah, 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 all these other things. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, we, we, understand gun, we, under, we understand gun crafting now. Roughly, yes. Roughly. There are also enhanced versions of the traits that you can craft onto a gun and they are only available on crafted guns so instead of explosive light i can get enhanced explosive light okay which will it does exactly it does the same thing but typically speaking it's like so for something like rampage for example which Mm -hmm. is like you kill something you get a damage buff stacked damage buffs yeah stacked damage buff for enhanced rampage it's normally like you get it for longer it lasts longer right or it is like it has a it has a greater limit or it's like, like a stat like tweak that. on not, a thing that already exists. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not inherently enhanced rampage does more damage. It's like enhanced rampage lasts longer, so you can keep it up more. Yeah, yeah that yeah. sort of thing. That costs more crafting material uh-huh. and also has a unique a unique crafting material called ascendant alloy, which sure. is a end game material mm-hmm. which you can get from hard content. Mm-hmm. And you can buy one of a week from like a vendor for some reason. Ooh, yep. Mm-hmm. So, if you want the enhanced traits, you're going to have to do the end game stuff. Mm-hmm. The drop rates for Incendent Alloy, we're now going to get into here's why gun crafting is bad. Yep. The, the drop rates for Ascendant Alloy suck. They Wait, are hold awful. Does Ascendant drop? Ascendant Alloy drop, or do you buy it? Either. You can buy it from a vendor. You can buy one from one vendor a week. Right. Or you can get and drops. And it also drops okay. in these activities. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But the drop rate sucks. Right. So 
as it stands right now, and they are going to adjust it, they've said they're going to adjust it, but as it stands right now, enhanced traits are not worth it because you're not getting enough Ascendant Alloy for it to be worth spending that on, if that makes sense. Yes. If you've got nothing else to spend Ascendant Alloy on, it's you fine. You may as well, yeah. But there are other things where it's like, so the the exotic gun that you get as the pre-order thing, which is called Osteostringer, is a crafted gun mm-hmm. that, that if you understand exotic guns, mm-hmm. have cat- catalysts that yep. upgrade the the activity of the gun in some way that costs three ascendant alloy to put the catalyst on that gun right so As it a, is but i thought the, big 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 grind but is, the catalysts if i remember correctly the catalysts were the things that you'd have to do like weapon specific missions for right uh sometimes sometimes they just dropped in the oh world. it's both okay like it depended sure. on what the gun was okay um this one specifically is like once you get osteostriga to level 10 you unlock the option to put the, the catalyst on it right it's because it's a crafted gun but you still have to pay so, for the catalyst with these alloys yes and a lot of crafting materials <laughs> right um so how like how there like, is that if you can if you can buy one a day and the drop rate sucks like how many like how many are we talking for oh, no, the order it, gun? no 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 you're not buying one a day you're buying one a week a week sorry how, how, yeah. man, how many of those things are we talking for the catalyst for the pre-order gun three okay okay so that is and you get and you get one as part of the story right so I, in the first week i had two and okay. i ran so that it can drop from the higher difficulty version of one of the activities called wellspring mm-hmm. and the repeatable story mission that you can do which rotates every week yeah like you can just do a mission for whatever reason mm. Both of the drop rates from those activities suck balls. Like right. <laughs> I, I did, I did the repeatable mission over and over again because I couldn't do the hard wellspring because I wasn't light level enough. Yep. But the repeatable mission, I sat in ground for like a good few hours and got zero ascendant alloy. Like it's awful. Jeez. It is okay. Really, really bad. So here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Here's another reason why gun crafting is bad, and this is the big talk of the community right now. And I think for the for the right reasons, the Destiny community is in the right here. Okay. So I go with my gun mm-hmm. and I like my rocket launcher or whatever and I say I want to do impact intensification and lasting impression okay I unlock those maybe say say that I'm a hardcore grinder and I got ascendant alley I'm like let's go for enhanced impact uh, let's go for enhanced lasting impression okay. so that costs ascendant alloy to, to, to craft onto the gun right mm-hmm. I craft the gun I have it it's fine Let's say with that rocket launcher, I then want to change that perk. So for some reason, like say lasting impression gets nerfed or right. for whatever reason, I, w- I don't want lasting impression. Right. This is the reshaping system, it, right? This is the reshaping system. Yep. So I take it off. It mm-hmm. costs whatever material to put another perk on it. Fine. Reshape it. Done. Mm-hmm. If I go back then with that rocket launcher and go, no, I actually do want enhanced lasting impression again. You have to pay for I it have again. I respend that material oh, again. Oh, Okay. So it is not the system that the community thinks should exist. Yeah. Because it makes sense where when you unlock a trait, that trait is unlocked for you to reshape whenever you want. Because you're not even, like, unlocking is even the wrong word, right? You're not unlocking it, you're... You're you're fixing it to the gun and then being like, cool. And then if you want to do it again, they're like, okay, it costs this much again. Yeah. Like, and that is not good. That is not a good system. Yeah, that's... All that does is perpetuate grind 
and well, well, for a system that was supposed to be there for so like they talked about crafting and like they wanted to not limit grind but like flatten grind to where it wouldn't spike so much you yeah. would have to just like you could you could just craft it and be fine and also clear up fault space because mm-hmm. you wouldn't need like three versions of a gun for like pvp or pve right, or raiding right. or whatever it is because normally you'd want that you could change yeah because normally you'd want variations of a gun depending on the thing you're doing right where some versions yeah, with exactly, some perks yeah. would be better for pvp and pve and yeah okay sure yeah so for like for like on a hand cannon for example for pve i would want like a real perk and a damage perk like because essentially rampage or whatever but it sounds like pe- if it's pvp i want like range finder and like moving target things yeah, yeah. that don't matter in pve but do matter in pvp because because in that so, case like if that was if that was a system which i think it's fair for people to assume that's what the system would be because like that's just like that's an evolution of like the the call of duty system right where it's like it's guns with attachments so you're like yeah exactly okay, yeah, yeah, yeah like totally. i have that i have this gun but i'm gonna add a silencer for this thing because it does this or i'm gonna add this extra magazine clip because it works better in pve totally like, yeah it, it's more of a like on the fly recalibration thing as opposed to exactly yes it also makes sense it also makes sense especially when they've said that they're trying to do it to limit vault space and you're like well that doesn't do that because you have to keep spending materials it's just a waste of a grind also doesn't make sense in story context where if this whole thing exists because it's you diving into your own memory and using that to imprint on a gun (laughs) i already know Uh based on story Yep. I already know what enhanced lasting impression looks like. Why do I have to spend material again to drag it out of my own memory when I already get, know it? Like, do you just get fucking Men in Black flashed as soon as you put it on? You're like, well, I've I no forgotten idea. what that previous one was. But yeah, so here's the other problem. <laughs> Wait, we're not done? Okay, sure. We're not done. Okay. That system, so the, gun crafting, really cool, really cool idea, much like a lot of early Destiny stuff. Really, really good idea per implementation. Yes. Another another part of the poor implementation. So there is this new thing called the evidence board, which is like a new uh, series of quests that are more puzzly and mm-hmm. like detective-y. Like you're going he- to find stuff and like learn. Yes. And I heard people talk about um, this as well. Yeah, this sounded interesting. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a cool series of quests. It's, it's an interesting series of quests. One of those quests is uh, go and craft the the new weapons at the forge so like the new they're called the throne world weapons because you're in Savathun's throne world mm-hmm. two of those weapons the grenade launcher and something else i think the fusion rifle are only available in the wellspring activity right and the wellspring activity changes from attack to defend it's a it's a thing where it's like there's a like a massive source of power in Savathun's throne world that the scorn are trying to get so you're either on defend to stop them getting it on attack to take it back from them and it changes every day it flips backwards and forwards okay um and the gun drops from either the defend day or the attack day so on the defend day it's the grenade launcher on the attack day it's the fusion rifle or whatever it is sure um that makes sense it's the only place it's the only place to get those guns that are deep sight resident so you can only get it from those activities so the guns drop in other places but if you want the resident versions you can only get them from this activity uh I, I think it might be the only place to get the gun, period. Oh, okay. You definitely only get the, the resonant ones from that activity. Sure, okay. Um, so, using your knowledge of mm-hmm. weapon crafting and how Destiny works, mm-hmm. can you imagine what the problem is here, dude? The, there's an artificial, well, a time limit, I suppose, into how many versions of this resonant ver- gun you can get in order to be able to unlock it, right? 
because they're like if it's only like uh, if it's only yeah, available half sure, the time yeah. and the drop rates are garbage like you said like, there you go you've nailed it okay so this is the problem with this system there is a quest in the game that is like craft these two guns yeah and you go okay we can craft these two guns let's go get deep state resonance of those guns yep not only do you have the chance of the gun dropping at the end of the activity mm-hmm. if the gun drops it might not even be deep sight resonant yeah exactly so so it's like it a percentage of a percentage completely useless yeah right. maybe completely useless unless it's a good roll or whatever but yeah, yeah. for the purpose of solving that quest it's useless oh because you, you people get, noticed you get absolutely no contribution yeah. to the crafting system unless it's a resonant gun exactly right you okay. get no frame you get no frame data you get nothing right okay for each of those guns, you need five deep sight resonant guns to get the frame. Fuck me. Okay, right. And the drop rate is so poor. Like I have seen the like like the content creators and the streamers and stuff like that have sat and ran Wellspring for like multiple hours and either gotten no deep sight resonant versions of the gun or like one. Mm-hmm. It is ridiculously low, and the fact that they have tied it to a quest is crazy and there's like no like bad luck protection or anything like that there's no like after a certain amount of time you will definitely get a deep sight resident this gun it is literally just do you get Oofed. it yes no um which again is- they have said they have said publicly we are sorting this we are fixing the drop rates and stuff like that but it is not good so here's here's my thing with with this stuff right especially when you're talking about a system that is pure math right like i i understand there are there's stuff in these type of games where you're only going to see problems when people when millions and millions of people get in and start playing right like gameplay shit right like oh the cooldown of this thing makes it unusable or like or Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. something feels weird or doesn't work weird on or like it's actively bugged like stuff you will only find when a lot of people hit it and your qa process starts to kick in right that makes sense yeah Yep. drop rates are pure math right like yes you, before yeah. this gets launched you know exactly how many people roughly are going to get this per mm-hmm. or like on average over a specific time like that's a number that you can set and tweak and see a result of instantly because you're just changing a number Absolutely. there's yeah. no gameplay yep. testing involved in that so like nope. the idea that they then go ah we see this as a problem and we need to go change it just doesn't make sense like you knew yeah. this number before you go in so the 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 idea is then that they have set this number thinking this is what the destiny 2 player base will tolerate because exactly destiny like you're players not, you're, do have a certain amount of tolerance for grind and exactly, like, you're so, not, like they you're understand not, that you're not designing for enjoyment you're designing for how like it's the what's the classic tweet of like turning the knob and looking back at the crowd until they start booing like it's that yeah exactly thing, yeah, yeah right it's, that. it's yeah it's like how high can we make this so that people have to continually interact with their game but feels like they're not not wasting their time right and like i i imagine setting that initial number is to a degree very difficult right because if you set it too low people immediately blow through all your content that's there and then you've got a bunch of people who are annoyed that there's nothing left to do but you set that too high and you're like what the fuck is the point of even doing this like i imagine yeah, exactly, that is a yeah. sweet spot but that sweet spot is like you're how many years into destiny 2 at this point like you know that player base reasonably well like the yeah. idea that you're like 
you're replaying the the playbook from like fucking Battlefront Two of like oh Darth Vader's too expensive let's turn the dial like yeah yeah it's wild that that's the thing it's especially it's especially because like this has been a problem in the past like mm-hmm. they they've had to like change drop rates and like fix systems because they release it thinking that the Destiny players will put up with it and then everybody's like wait what the fuck are you talking about like this is ridiculous and they go oh, okay sure and then they t- t- turn the knob and like fix it or whatever but it is. Especially, it's especially bad when it's tied to like a quest because yeah. like people, people want to do the quest and like, especially because that quest is tied to the final quest on the evidence board, which you get for your class exotic glaive. So I can't oh, get shit. Huh. I can't get mine because I can't fucking get resident versions of those guns to craft them. So it's, I'm now locked out <sighs> of an exotic That's until they wild. fix it. Yeah. It's and insane. It's- so, like, Destiny 2 still has Destiny 2 problems, where the the system that they've implemented is a really great idea, and it's very player-forward, also- and, like, but, but they implemented it so badly. <laughs> yeah, like, because if you, if you take on good faith that the thing they want to do is remove the traditional Destiny grind of getting the right role for the gun, right? Like, yeah. they haven't done that, right? You're just, you're... Yes, you have choice over what the role is going to be, but you're still grinding for the gun, right? Like, it's still... Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, the actual mechanism of what you're doing day-to-day in Destiny is still the same. You're just, like, you're changing the words on it. So, like, rather than, like... In fact, it's kind of even worse, because rather than you getting, like, a percentage chance to get these three variables line up to get your god roll, you're rolling a dice to see whether you get the... L- the to get the component parts you need to actually choose the thing except that you have yeah. to do it you have to le- also then use that gun to level up to a specific point and also like for as, as somebody who has like very specific problems with this game it still doesn't solve the god roll problem right which is like i assume within weeks of of this thing coming out the reddit post is there to be like cool here are the well or even actually it's, it's actually even worse than that where there's no new meta right because no it's the same no. meta as the previous season you can just be more specific about getting there right like yeah, all of the old exactly, knowledge yeah. is still the same you haven't shaken anything up you've just changed the the way you make the numbers go up you to get, get the it. thing yeah yeah and Island. and it's not like the the crafting system isn't every gun in the game so the craft the the grinding for god roll still exists for other guns. Mm-hmm. It's just these specific guns you technically don't have oh, wait, to, this but you do have to grind for it. This isn't way. every gun in the game. Oh no, 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 no. Oh, there's a set, there, there is a set things that you can craft. That oh, so there's guns on top every, of this that are so sort of like lot. this will drop from a raid, and you can only get it from the yep. raid. Oh fuck <laughs> this! What? So like raid raid guns are unique. Uh, world drop guns are unique. And like ritual weapons and stuff like that are unique. There's unique guns for strikes and crucible and gambit and stuff like that. Like, still Boy. unique guns still exist. It's not. It's not every gun in the game that would be. So this is not. Well, this that is would not, actually be good, but this is not like a rework. This is just on another system, right? Like this is yeah. not because especially mm-hmm. if you get to the situation where like the unique gun, like when when you end up with, when you, the meta of the well again if the meta hasn't changed, I assume it has because I assume there are new guns or new classes of guns and the glaive ice uh, and change stuff and, and things like that but yeah, like I, i'll get into that when we're done with this but yeah, yeah but like there's st- i assume predominantly you still have the same things of like 
yo, if you want to do PvP, here are the guns, right? Like, yep. that mm-hmm, bit has still changed. Sure. And if those guns that are coming out best in the meta are guns that are not involved in this crafting system at all, then what the fuck is the point? So, it's not... There is now a lot more... Uh, like, De- Destiny, for, for, for specific stuff, there's not a lot of, like, here is the gun. It's like, you right. use this gun or you don't use anything else. There's a lot of, like, you can use this or you can use this or whatever. Mm. Um, a lot of the stuff for like PvP and PvE and stuff like that is, hey, there's this world drop gun. That's, so like the the one that that is currently big meta and is this thing called Funnel Web, which is like a an SMG in the energy slot. Mm-hmm. Um, as it has, has a particular confluence of the fact that it's void and like some abilities on it that make it very very good. Uh-huh. That's a that's a world drop. You can't craft that, so you just need to get lucky with that. Right, but. There are other guns that are like the craftable ones where people are like, hey, funnel web's really good. If you don't have a funnel web, you can use this, you can use this, you can use right, this. Right. Some of those guns are the craftable ones. You're right. not like the crafting system isn't entirely useless. You're still using it. Like what the rocket launcher I was talking like Perumbrum B or whatever it is, the rocket launcher I was talking about, mm-hmm. is really, 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 really good and yeah. can be meta in the specific setup. So like the yeah. me- the damage meta right now is you have one person with Galahorn and everybody else with good legendary rocket launchers. Right. And Palimbra B is one of the best legendary rocket launchers and you can craft it. Right. So it is it works. It's just it's it's variance in system about what you want. Like that's yeah. that's that's it. They're giving you more choice. They're not supplementing every system. They are giving yeah. you more option. That's the the thing. So- so actually, the the very specific question I had, and this is like super specific Destiny stuff. Um, yeah. That before we move on from the guns specifically, the flow of new expansion, new season, new le- light level bump stuff, right? Where yeah. mm-hmm. because of the way that the guns drop, and this is based on my knowledge of Destiny from my time with it. Yeah, you would start. Yeah, yeah. You'd basically every time the light level bumps, you'd basically have to start using. Every gun that drops to raise your light level, even blues, until your light yep. level is back up, and then you start working on your your legendaries and exotics. Is that process still there? Yep. Where you're still just like that's still there. I'm using every gun that drops, but even though they're shit, yep. just because I so need to get my light the level game, up. The game has the game has uh, two caps. It's got well, no, it doesn't. It's got three caps technically. So it's got. Uh, a soft cap, a power cap, and a pinnacle cap, right? Mm-hmm. So you start, if you're a fresh character, you start at 1350. That is mm-hmm. the new thing. To 1500, which is typically where you'll get to at the end of the campaign, mm-hmm. anything that drops will increase your light level, regardless if it's blue, green, whatever it is. Gotcha. Like, will increase your light level. 1500 to 1550 mm-hmm. is legendaries will increase your light level, and it's usually powerfuls and pinnacles are the ones that will boost you the most they mm-hmm. will give you like massive increases things and in 1500 1550 to 1560 is pinnacles only so you can only do the stuff that you get from end game stuff to right. get higher than that mm-hmm. so yes it's still the same system where but because of the length of the campaign and the, the kind of like the density and stuff like that going from 1350 to 1500 if you play the campaign you'll pretty much get to 1500 like right. that's the that's just what happens also if i was um, if i was to jump in tomorrow as a character I've yep. played for the past four, mm-hmm. five seasons or something like that, like, do they bump my base light Yeah, to mm-hmm. immediately start so this campaign? Every, every, 
literally everything at the start of Witch Queen got bumped to 1350. Everything you own is now 1350. Right, okay. So you can start the campaign immediately? Yeah, you can. Cool. Um, The other options, the other option that they have in the campaign, which I should talk about, is they introduced a legendary mode, like they did with Halo and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. which is a lot harder. There's a bunch of modifiers and stuff on it that it is designed for people that wanted to do it as a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reward for doing that is that they give you a bundle of uh, a gun for every slot and a, a bit of armor for every slot that instantly boosts you to 1520. So oh, you, okay. you get a massive boost right at the end of the campaign to put you within 10 levels, basically, of Raid Ready, because Raid Ready was like 30, uh, 1530. Right, so, okay. But this is the counter to that. I couldn't be fucked playing on Legendary. Like, the people that I know that did play on Legendary, when they got to the end, they were like, yeah, that was a fun experience. But while they were going through it, it sounded like a fucking nightmare. So I was like, nah, I'm not into that. I just want to see the story and then get to leveling stuff up. So when I got to the end of the story, I was 1500. And then within a week of Powerfuls and Pinnacles, I was 1535. Okay. The people that did it on Legendary that got boosted to 1520 before they started their powerful stuff mm-hmm. ended that first week on like 1540 ish. 1540, 1545. Right. So they've saved themselves like maybe half a week, maybe a week of right. powerful stuff. Didn't really bother me too much, to be right. honest. I was still able to go in yesterday and be raid ready. Like, it's not. Doing the legendary thing did not give people that much of an advantage. It was fun for them, and they got their little boost, and that was fine. But it did not give people that sure. much of an advantage. How how um, how significant is the legendary stuff? Like, is it like is it just everything hard? More... Like, from no, what... but I mean, is yeah, it is like... stuff is more difficult, or is there like new enemies or new encounters or new? Uh, so it's not new encounters because it's the same. You're still going through the story, so it's the same sure. setup. Um, it is just stuff is a higher light level than you so it will kill you faster okay so it's just the base stuff okay yeah sure and your light level can't go above 1350 so you're stuck there like that Mm. is your limit um it's kind of like contest mode but for the the campaign yeah yeah yeah. makes sense um so those are the that's that's the main stuff for witch queen and that and the gun crafting system which we've talked about ad nauseum um the other shake-ups that i'm trying to think of they've like they've, they've redesigned gambit again for like okay. the fourth or fifth time and it's still bad <laughs> like it's the, the the problem that they had with gambit initially which is a cool game mode like i it still is. like the idea of gambit the problem they had initially was that invaders had too much power and yes. the ammo the ammo economy was fucked so you yep. could you could go into a game of gambit with like heavy ammo finders and all that sort of stuff do your thing of killing the mobs pick up heavy ammo invade as soon as you're able to kill the enemy team really really easily because you had like a fucking tracking rocket launcher or whatever it was Mm -hmm. and put them so far behind that they basically couldn't come back yep so they've changed that where there are now less invades so there's only two invades while you're getting up to the primeval Mm -hmm. and every time you clear a they call it a front like one of the where it says like enemies are spawning here that's called a front when you clear that front, there is a box of heavy ammo that spawns and everybody can pick up heavy ammo at the end of the front. Right. This was supposed to be a counter to invaders just coming in with heavy ammo and killing you in one shot because you've got heavy ammo as well, so you can kill the invader. Mm-hmm. Which is true, mm-hmm. but it still means that what can happen is that people don't invade, 
hold their moats for a really long time and then really, really quickly deposit them all at once to get an invade. While the invader's in, they have more moats that they can go and get and stack the invades to where you basically get double invaded. And it's... Oh. That's really hard to beat when you have the same guy coming at you twice with a Galahorn, because that's mm. what you use now because the tracking on it's nuts. But that's really hard to beat. So that puts people on the back foot. Mm. And you can still do the thing where if you're fast enough and deposit and get in, you can still get out ahead of their first deposit and kill everybody and put them to zero at the start. So it's not fixing the problem. All you're doing is perpetuating the problem by giving everybody heavy ammo, which is then they start using that more liberally. So either your invader comes in, wipes the entire enemy team and puts them on the back foot, or the invader gets in and dies in an instant because everybody's got heavy ammo, so just point it at them. Right. It's... They have overtuned invading and also made invading completely irrelevant at the same time. It's which would be fucking inter- insane. Like um, that, that would be an interesting thing. Like if you use like a sports analogy, right? Like that's a like both of those things you described are like would be considered like valid plays, but you, there's no counter to them, right? Like you can't. Yeah, like it's yeah, really yeah. just like if you don't do this thing, you do this thing, and that's it, right? And it's like yeah. That, that's not a that's not a game mode that's just like that's a race no. at that point like you might as well have a linear and gambit, gambit is a gambit is a race and they're trying to the other system they've implemented is that so the the thing that would happen in gambit a lot was what's called primeval burning mm. where like as soon as the primeval pod spawns people would do a series of thing and the thing would go from one to like 100 to zero in like 10 seconds sure whatever. they would just fucking focus it down and kill it within an instant they were trying to stop that by basically giving the primeval invulnerable phases where right. yep. the primeval spawns and you can't damage it until you kill the two envoys, but the two envoys now spawn on front, like not mm. next to the boss. So you have to oh. run out and get the get the envoys, then run back and do it. Right. And then you can't burn it in one phase because it gets a shield up and you have to mm. go kill envoys again. Not a bad idea. Yeah, sure. I could see that I don't working. Think. The problem is that they also made it where they didn't change the invading thing while the primeval's up, where the invasion portal just keeps opening while the primeval's up. So every, like, 20 seconds or 25 seconds, the portal opens and you can go and invade. Mm. It has extended the length of the primeval thing enough to where the primeval phase is really long and really prone to the primeval getting its whole, all its health back because the invader shows up and kills everybody. Exactly, yeah. Because yeah. you're having to run across the map and get envoys and run back and stuff like that. You are constantly in motion, which gives the invader enough leeway to position and like get to the point where he kills your entire team. Mm-hmm. So the envoy level is now, or the, the primeval bit, now takes fucking forever. And it is... Right. I get it was supposed to be a catch-up mechanic. I understand that. But it now gets to the point where both sides have a primeval and nobody can kill it because invaders just keep coming in and refilling the health of the primeval back to full. It takes, like... I've been in Gambit matches where you get... So when you kill the Envoy and you get the the buff that, like, lets you deal more damage to the primeval. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been in games where that's gotten to, like, 14, 16 stacks. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Never got that high before because every all that happens is you get the stacks, you run to try and deal damage to the primeval, the invader comes in, kills you, you can deal no damage to the primeval, and then the vulnerable phase starts again. Mm. Like it's it is 
I, they're really trying to make Gambit not suck, and I really appreciate it, but it is so fundamentally flawed that yeah. they, they, they need to like ground up, think about what Gambit's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's it's wild. It's unbelievable how much they can't make Gambit work. It's, right. This is, this is like their fifth attempt and they still can't make Gambit work. Weird. Um, what else has happened the the stuff after the main quest that you get like exotic quests and stuff like that the the launch a hive child grenade launcher um excuse wait what they, like in like in destiny i'll not, not spoil the story because the story of the quest is actually really cool they are like hey we found this thing this thing's a problem how do we deal with it let's turn it into a gun that's mm. the so they turn they turn this thing into a gun and it's a one shot heavy grenade launcher that fires hive worms. You know the little hive worms that explode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tur- shoots that. That's the grenade launcher and it fires one of them and then you have to reload it. Mm-hmm. But it has a a buff that is like if you kill things with other weapons, the damage that thing deals increases up to a stack of like twenty. And I've now seen it where. It's now like one shotting strike bosses and stuff like that. Jesus. It does. Re- ridiculous amounts of damage so if it is like a thing where it is the burst window is really really small you just fucking fire that thing at it and it dies in an instant like it's, wow. it's ridiculous Excellent. really cool gun really really cool gun love the idea it's really flavorful maybe a bit too powerful yeah um glaives the new weapon uh they're an energy slot weapon they're a melee weapon that also has like a ranged energy blast thing and you can mm. put up a shield um super fun they are they cover like middle range, so their their range thing isn't even terrible. Mm. The shield helps. Using the melee attack feels really good because it's really like meaty and heavy, and you're yeah. like swinging this guy, and it's really really cool weapons. Yet to see what the exotic ones do because I can't finish that fucking quest because of the crafting system. <laughs> sure. So, um, and the la- the last thing I'll say about it is that so the the start of Witch Queen also ties in with the start of the new season, which is called Season of the Risen. Mm. Um. The activity that ties onto that season is the most like bland Destiny bullshit thing you'll sure. ever see. Where it is, we're going to put you in this place. You kill a bunch of things. You kill a boss. That's it. Mm-hmm. Done. Really, really straightforward. Really easy. Really mindless. The leveling up system is really easy. You get tons of the material. It is the most straightforward a season has been in ages, sure. and it is fine. There is nothing wrong with it. The story is kind of whack. Uh, it's um, you're basically teaming up with Keitel who is Callus's daughter that is now trying to take over the Cabal um, because the new the, the Lucent Hive like Sabathun's light charged hive mm. are basically becoming a problem so you team up being like we need to deal with this problem so you team up you team up with that by finding Lucent Hive generals and using Cabal Scions who are like the psychic people yep. to dive into the mind of the general and excise the memory of Sabathun from the general that you can then they then take back and they do a bunch of weird psychic experiments on to like learn stuff and okay. it's weird it's a bizarre system but it amounts to as was revealed this week um you taking back hive generals and basically putting them through psychic torture um sweet for incredibly long periods of time so the reveal this week of like where this is happening is basically it's like a cabal scion in a chair 
with like a massive um you know the thing that like Professor X wears like cerebro as oh, a yeah, helmet yeah. thing? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. A cabal scion with one of them on linked to hive generals in like suspended animation tubes and is basically psychically torturing them for information. Jesus. And it's pretty horrific. And the the thing of it is, you get there and Crow is there. So Aldrin Sov, who's yeah, yeah. Crow, Crow. Yep. gets there and Saladin is there overseeing this and Crow is like, do you not think this is wrong? Like, this is basically torture. Should we not have like some sympathy? We shouldn't be doing this. This yeah. is wrong. And everybody's like, yeah, you're right. Psychic torture, probably really bad. This is this is not great. And then Saladin is like, you don't understand the enemy. Uh, oh, this like, is the thing you told me you, about. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. You should you shouldn't have sympathy for the enemy. Like it doesn't matter that we're torturing them because they're evil, and you shouldn't worry about it. And Crow's like, no, we probably should. This is torture. We shouldn't be like them. And then Saladin tells a story of how he got in the time of like the Iron Lords and stuff like that. This town hired him to find a thief. He found the thief and it was a child, so he let her go. And then he came back years later and the town had been raised to the ground by the bandits that were stealing stuff initially and it was now headed by that child. Yeah. So the moral of the story is fucking shoot thieves, I guess. Like, that's the moral of that <laughs> yep. story. Yep. Um, because even if it's a child, they might grow up to be something awful. It's the baby like, Hitler problem, right? It's the... Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty much the baby Hitler problem, but you're now using that to justify psychic torture. And I'm yeah. like, there's such a disconnect at this point where... Well, it, it feels like I almost, I almost think I almost think they're doing it on purpose because the whole story for seasons now and the new raid which i'll talk about in a second is like the disparity between light and dark Mm -hmm. is blurred it's like not good and evil it's like two halves of the same coin it depends on how you use it that's the whole point yeah yeah, yeah. and my idea is that they want the quote-unquote good guys to look like such dicks and such awful people that justifying use of darkness makes sense but they're like They've spent seasons being like, it doesn't matter that we're using the darkness, it's the same thing, but they are now portraying the good guys in such a negative light that it is like, Well, it feels kind of like no e- idea where this story is going to go. Well, it feels like a kind of evolution of about what the, the past couple of seasons have been where the theoretical good guys or good named characters, like, because last season it was like, you essentially had a character whose entire characterization was immigration is bad, actually. Right, like yeah. it's 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 so one note, and it's like rather than like having a character like internally reckoning with this stuff, it's like you have one character that goes, "We should kill baby Hitler," and the other character who goes, "Maybe we shouldn't kill baby Hitler," and it's like that's it. Like there's no like, it's such a it's such a like, it's such like a video game morality system style of design of like, would you like to save this basket of kittens or throw this basket of kittens in the water? Like it's like. It, it seems very one note like it doesn't seem particularly deep in any way it's yeah weird yeah it, it is um yeah it's very surface morality but yeah. like when you're when, but when your story is light v dark that's kind of the level you're at of surface yeah. morality mm, yeah um, but, but you, you could you mm. could do it more interesting i get it you could do it in a more yeah. interesting way yeah but this is not how destiny chooses to do it yeah. um saladin saying that 
you should kill children because they might grow up to be bad is not a great look. Especially because Saladin is... always Saladin always read to me as kind of like a a vaguely comedic character, right? Maybe it's just like the way his voice no. actor portrayed him so... and stuff like that. Because like, but like when you hear Saladin like shouting all through Crucible stuff and like no, so yeah, you're 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 getting confused. You're thinking of Shax. Shax. Oh, I'm thinking of Shax. You're, you're right. Of. Who's Saladin again? No, Sal- Saladin's the guy that runs the Iron Banner, like the really gruff voice guy that runs the talks about oh, and like that yes. guy. Yes, you're right. Yes, he you're right. You're right. You're right. Has you're right. a fucking horrific backstory if you okay. look into it, so it kind of makes sense. Oh, okay, you're right. I was thinking of Shax. killing children. Still not great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Okay, fair enough. Because I was uh, going to say, like, Shax is pretty beloved by that community, and the idea that he'd be like, oh yeah, no, yeah, Shax is not, is yeah, like, Shax yeah. is not that. Okay, um, sure. So the very, very last thing I'll say is that uh, I have now participated in the day one raid for the new raid, which is called Vow the Disciple. Um, I'm probably going to go back into it later today. Uh. It is a fascinating raid. It is really interesting. There are mechanics that are variations on stuff. I get a very big Last Wish feel from it. Right. Where it has a lot of encounters that are heavy communication, a lot of shouting out about calls that you see on walls and like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it is, so it it will be quite intense for raid people to do. Mm Mm-hmm. I've, I, I have personally participated in the first two major encounters, like the first two bosses, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten them, I beat the first encounter and then almost beat the second boss, but we're going to go and try and do it again today. I have seen the rest of the raid, and it is a lot of that, and then the final boss looks completely fucked up mm-hmm. uh, in a, in a this does not look like a destiny fight level fuck up yeah. like it is it looks like it is pulled from another world which makes complete sense when you know who that boss is and i won't spoil it yeah, yeah. but it is it's fascinating to see them basically like flex their design muscle and be like okay let's take this in a different direction and show what we're going to do um it will i i I, I am not expecting to clear it on contest mode like cuz contest mode is really really difficult um mm. It's basically where they like limit your light level so you can't go any higher. When it is non-contest mode, I think that raid will still be difficult. Um but it will not be punishing. You won't die as much and you won't like mobs won't kill you and stuff like that. It'll just be execution, which is usually how raiding works. Mm-hmm. Um But congratulations to the raid design team, because that thing is spectacular. <laughs> uh I can't wait until I get to clear it and be able to like sharpen people through it because that'll be funny. But yeah, it's wild and it looks really, really cool. Uh, I will report back when I've completed it. Yeah. But yeah, it looks really, really interesting. The bit I've seen is super interesting. Uh, cool. I will very quickly just mention one more thing before we go because I know we're running a bit long. But um, yeah. the Steam demo event happened the steam next fest thing happened again oh yeah yeah um when i turned through a bunch of, of of cool stuff on there um the two i really want to pick out though um both of which demos are still available and i highly recommend people try uh neon white which is the new game from the guy who made donut county uh could not be more of a different game it is a first person parkour shooter runner with a heavy like time like uh time trial element to it 
mixed with hella anime visual novel and it's really fucking good and like i don't play games like that like i time trials don't do much for me and i have been like i obsessively played that demo like i was getting i wanted to gold every single one of these things it's got a really cool style like it's doing a lot of like very kind of visual novel persona-esque style stuff and the dialogue feels pretty good as well there's a it's super interesting we should do a we should actually do a video on it it's a really cool thing and it's doing it's doing the thing it's doing the thing as well where it's like it's it's not super punishing like it is trying to help you get better times and and it still is about execution rather than just like i have no idea what the fuck to do it is really about honing skill which is the thing i like in that kind of game um that's really cool and then the other one's ixion which is a city builder from the guys who made 40k Mechanicus, I think, which is a reasonably well-respected RTS game, yeah, for, I think. Yeah, 40k Mechanicus is great. Yeah, yeah. Mechanicus is really um, good. So they've got a new game. Uh, so it's like a... a t- stop me if you've heard this before, but have you ever thought about building a tourist-style space station? Um <laughs> Uh, I think I've played that game. <laughs> yeah, before. yeah, um, but yeah. it's got it's got much more like um, hard sci-fi feel to it. Like it's a much more serious game than something like Startopia. Um, but the one thing I will say about it, this is a so the the demo is like a prologue to the main game. So it's weird saying this is a spoiler, but it does have like the best ending to a demo I've ever seen. So if you want to see this for yourself, maybe skip like a minute and a half, two minutes. But so. The entire setup for this thing is that you're building a space station that is supposed to have a jump drive attached to it that's going to jump the human species to a new solar system where they can pop, where they can rebuild and like plays a lot of the the same stuff that we're hearing here of like hey like the Earth is kind of fucked up and we're using all the resources and the guy who's in charge of the space station is in charge of a uh, of a giant corporation who is like I want to go to space rather than fix the stuff on Earth right so you're building the space station and the prologue is about you flying to the space station as the administrator, building up the space station ready for its for its jump to the, the next solar system, right? And in-game, you're building all this stuff up, you're learning really good tutorialization, really cool systems, you're doing a lot of really interesting stuff with the city building uh, framework. The last thing you do in the tutorial is like, okay, now you've got to build the larger thing, which is the jump drive, and you build the jump drive, you put it on, it's like, cool, here's how the power system works, and here's how it works in the jump drive. You activate the jump drive, and it zooms out to the space station in real time, like 3D modeled space station. It does a really cool effect with the jump drive where you kind of go into like warp space style thing and you fly towards a particular thing and you're doing like folding through time and space stuff. And you emerge at the other end or you go through the white thing, the, the white gap in the, the subspace where you're going to go through. Demo cuts to black. Camera comes back up and it's like camcorder style footage from Earth, right? And it's like a, it looks like fucking Coachella, right? It's like this festival setup <laughs> where this corporation has set up this thing to be like, look how awesome we are. We're going to watch this thing jump, right? And they play this video and it's like super like cynically edited, like corporate style video where like the CEO's face is like silhouetted and there's like spaceship launches and it's like, ah, greenery and earth and we should do better next time and all that like it's the stuff you'd expect, right? Cuts out footage to like a count, 10 second countdown timer, like 10 and 8, 7, 6, camera pans up to where the moon is, which is where the the ship is launching from or is like jumping from. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, launch happens. 
camcorder gets blown backwards, right? Hits the ground. And you can hear scuffling and screaming and all of this kind of stuff. Camcorder picks up, pans back up to where the space station was, and the space station has blown a giant hole in the fucking moon. And it's oh. fucked all of Earth, right? And you're like, oh, Excellent, fuck. fantastic. And I was like, and then cut to black, Ixion will be out later this year. And you're like, oh, sh-. like that is such a cool setup for what this story is going to be because then you're like well do we have any contact now with earth that we just completely fucked because we blew up the moon like what is happening like it was such a cool moment we're like out loud at like two in the morning i was like what the fuck and it was it was great it was super super good um but yeah Ixion and neon white both those demos are still live on steam if you want to pick them up and i highly recommend people do um cool yeah that's everything uh GameIndustry.com is the name of the website. You can find mm. all our videos, articles, and podcasts you can find on there. We are on YouTube.com slash GameIndustry. Subscribe there, get notified when we put new video stuff up. We are on Facebook and Twitter. If you search GameIndustry, you find us there. Podcast at GameIndustry.com is the email address if you want to get in touch. And that's us. Stay safe, enjoy whatever you're playing, and we will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye.